Welcome to the third season of Rainbow Colored Glasses, a podcast that looks at LGBTQ media of the past and asks what it means today. My guests are Nick and Sherry. This episode, we're discussing a pair of after-school specials from 1987 titled What If I'm Gay and Two of Us. ABC launched the after-school special in 1972. Most episodes featured a teenager dealing with a problem, bullies, drugs, pregnancy. By the end of the hour, they had learned a lesson. The writing could be earnest to the point of camp. The show was a success, so other networks copied the formula. What If I'm Gay aired in 1987 as a CBS school break special. We meet three teen friends, soccer captain Todd, hot-headed Kirk, and timid Alan. When Todd is caught hiding gay porn, he becomes a social pariah. Kirk and Alan will have to decide whether to stand by him. The episode won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Direction in Children's Programming. So, Sherry, what did you think of What If I'm Gay? This was your very first after-school special. (laughs) I know. Oh, boy. Well, it was a bit long in the tooth, I must say. It was a real slow burn. And, um, you know, I felt like, I, I feel like slow because it seemed like the first quarter, it was all about, woo, which guy is gay? Which guy is gay? You know? And then I'm like, well, is it Alan? He's got the button up shirt. That's a big giveaway. No, it's, it happens to be Todd. It's the magazine. The magazine says everything. So um, he didn't hide his porn very well. He did not. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. I, I must say the thing was with the after school, like the adults in general, when the kids asked the adults questions, they did answer truthfully. I felt the adults, you know, y- you know, even with the ugliness and the positive. So I thought that was kind of refreshing. Um, yes. But in the end, I thought the kids, the, the language, the script, it, it showed them being like, I felt like it showed them being more intelligent than they really actually were, you know, cause they were using some language that I was like, no, I don't remember saying those kinds of things when I was 16 years old or something like that. So. Your therapist wrote that for you, Todd. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You don't even know what you're saying. That's why I know that, you know, this is not quite right. <laughs> well, it helps, too, that these teenagers look like they're in their late 20s as well. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Nick, what did you think of the special? Well, I mean, I, I think for good podcast drama, I'm the complete opposite. I loved it. Oh, awesome. I, um, oh. I, I don't know. I was completely fooled by this plot twist, you know, knowing I was like, oh boy, here we go. After school special. That's clearly the ducky like character. He's clearly gay. And then bam, whoa, they found the porn. And I was, I was on the edge of my seat. And I also, I had to go back and watch two of the scenes twice because I, I did, I just loved how it was. I thought it was so authentic to me that this is how they would react. And kind of keeping up to date i just the father's reaction i i just love that scene i just watched it again before this i just absolutely loved it in the tool set the you know the council scene may need some work but um i just kind of felt what this kid was going through and i just i was like this this seems believable to me this kind of still holds up for me 
But things yeah. work out okay for Todd. There's a scene where they can't find Todd and they get scared thinking that he's that he's hurt himself. And then Todd sees them trying to break his, his window. He's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, Todd. <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. It's, it's, it's a very weird way to handle, like, yes, some, some LGBT kids take their own lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but not was... our Todd. Not... <laughs> yeah, that that statement just makes me think of him and Kirk's relationship. Like, obviously, Kirk's like the antagonist, bad guy. But if you break it down, he is bad. Yes, he. But he tried a few times. There, they got in the fight. But he he comes by to give him the cassette tapes and like wants to hear that he's not gay. And he says, "I'm not gay." And I guess that's not the answer I wanted because I don't believe you. And then at the end, he has that other moment there where he just kind of like walks away and says, all right, we're, we're, I guess we're done. But and, and even when, when he was buying the car with Alan, he, that Kirk was clearly struggling with this. And I don't know if it's more he thought he was gay or if he didn't know, didn't know his friendship. But I, don't, I haven't had a friend come out to me. So I, like, I don't know how, that, how he would Yeah, feel. I think that with the kids, they are, you know, they're having a hard time distinguishing between intimacy and sexuality and and that that they're not necessarily together like Kurt and Todd it seems like if well you know if they had the awareness I think they would recognize that they have an intimate friendship right and and but I don't think that the kids the kids have that whereabout right and then when Todd comes out I don't know Kurt might be having that fear of intimacy is something different from sexual. Well, it doesn't always come together. So we get the surprise at the end where we learned that Kirk and Todd fooled around at summer camp. Right. And I, I think that's that. I hope I missed that. What, what, what happened? Oh, Nick. So that's the, that's (laughs) kind of, that's kind of the bravest thing. This special tackles is, Kirk says, I'm remembering some things that happened at camp. And Todd said, yeah, I remember them too. But we were, we were young. We were exploring our bodies. It doesn't mean you're gay. Well, it's funny how in this 43 minutes movie, how far um, Todd has come. Because that is like the smartest thing you could say. He, he, he first, he's figured out he's gay. And then he goes, don't worry, dude, you're not gay. I'm, you know, he's not even confused anymore. Everything's solved up. Man, I can't believe I forgot about that scene. This is great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so glad for subtitles. Yeah. So what what lessons in this film hold up? What does Todd learn? Well, um, I think that there was a phrase of you can't expect people to accept you if you can't accept yourself. And I thought that was that was really very telling. And I think that you know, they did kind of say it as a matter of course, like, just go talk to, tell your parents, you know, which is like, whoa, that's, I mean, I know people that didn't come out to their parents for like years and years and years, you know, even maybe some decades. So I kind of, maybe from my own personal experience, but I find it kind of hard to believe that, that Todd would just go home and knock on the door and say, mom, dad, I'm gay, you know, kind of thing. It didn't really spell out the the possible horrors or um, 
the kind of possible harsh realities of being queer in 1987. Um, it seemed like that this 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 white town was living in some kind of bubble, dare I say. Um, and I saw this bubble, you know, this bubble was very firm. <laughs> Nothing bad was going to happen to any of these people kind of thing. So. Well, and they give Todd, if we look at it as Todd's life and say if Alan was gay, Alan's life, Alan probably would have the harder life because Todd passes. He's always did it. No, he's a very in shape soccer player had a girlfriend where like Alan, there was even jokes before they all thought he was gay. So Alan for life will be, be even harder. He's not even gay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not really clear. Well, I mean, in terms of the scope, you know, what, what Todd's life is going to be like. I mean, you get that moment with the father when he talks to his dad and, and uh, you know, his dad said, Oh yeah, I used to tease this guy and blah, blah, blah. Well, what happened to him? Well, he ended up leaving our school and he had to go somewhere else. So, you know, if that is, if that is Todd's fate, um, I'm not sure. You're not sure because he still has the friendship of Alan and Nancy, but I, I'm not sure if that's really going to be enough for him to finish, mm -hmm. you know, his high school there. So, um, yeah. I'm sure he left and goes to Chicago Pride and has a great time. <laughs> <laughs> now let's jump across the pond to the UK. Two of Us has a rockier history than its American counterpart. The special was filmed in 1987 for a show called the BBC School Scene, but Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher was preparing to launch Section 28, a law that forbid all discussion of homosexuality in schools. So the BBC censored the special and screened it late at night. The full version wouldn't air for three more years. Two of Us follows a teenager named Phil wrestling with his bisexuality. He's dating a girl named Sharon, but has developed a crush on his gay best friend, Matthew. Matthew's being bullied, and Phil knows if he comes out, the same will happen to him. The show gets a little bleaker. The stakes are a little higher than they are for our American schoolboys. We see some real bullying. We see some unaccepting parents. We see a mean teacher. It's, it's, I've, I wanted to pair these two together because it really feels like the flip side flip yeah. two really feels like two sides of the same coin for me. Mm -hmm. Nick, what did you think of this one? This one was, a, this one was a lot. This was a lot for me. Um, yeah. As you said, this, this was just drama with a capital D for me. Like there's, there's police, there's people are so evil, there's screaming, but it was interesting to see like more of a, a bi perspective. I think that's how I left it. I think I'll leave it at that. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it, but there was definitely, it, it, it was a lot. <laughs> they're in the woods, they're on the beach. <laughs> Sherry, what were some of your first impressions? Oh, I, I mean, I loved it. I, of the <laughs> two, this is the one. I felt that... <clears throat> And I don't know, you know, it was asking me, it was asking me questions because I'm, when I compared this to, when I compared to what if I'm gay, I'm like, why is the American version so like milk toast compared to this? Like toast, well, it seemed like in terms of, 
Phil, Paul, just what you're saying, um, you know, 1987, I mean, if I had my wits about me and knew where, where the two countries were historically, but I got a sense that UK in terms of, you know, the whole LGBTQ rights were really in the, in terms of Thatcher, in terms of, it's not a lot of these freedoms that they had didn't really happen until like the nineties or even in right 2003 and things like, yeah, that's right. Section 28 remained on the books until 2003. I mean, my God. So there's a lot of things that I, as American, I was taking for granted. And, and then when I'm watching this film, it's like, Nick, exactly right. All the adults, it was like ignorance on full display. I mean, these people, these adults were mean, they were ignorant. They were, not helpful at all. It's like, yes, of course, these young men would run away. I would too. Look what, <laughs> look what they have. They don't have the support that they had from the American film, right? Phil goes to his teacher and his teacher tells him to see a psychiatrist. He goes to his mother. She's very friendly, but she thinks he's just fighting with his girlfriend. Then Matthew, again, his porn gets found. Mm-hmm. So... Similar, similar situations where Matthew doesn't get to come out. He's, he's outed by porn and his father kicks him out. And then people start throwing rocks at him within his, his tenement. It's a, it's a very scary scene because we don't see who's throwing the rocks. They just seem to be coming from everywhere. Like, like Hitchcock's the birds. Yeah. So Phil and Matthew run away from home and go camping on the beach. And then some other characters get involved. There's a runaway girl named Nancy who tries to hook up with both of them for protection. And then Sharon, Phil's ex-girlfriend, arrives and tries to drag him home. Mm-hmm. How did you feel these teen girls were written? Um, I, I, in, in one way, I, I would say better. Because I, I, with Sharon, especially when she, when she finds Phil and she says, oh, I'm going to fix you, Right. That really resonated. I, I can believe a girl saying that. And I thought with, you know, the runaway girl, it, uh, you know, where she, she was talking, she had this one bit where she was talking about labels and she was saying, bye, trans, gay. And she's like, it doesn't matter. People are people, she says. People are just people. And I could believe this is the thing that I liked about this film compared to the other one, the American one, is that I could believe these words coming out of this adolescent mouth, right? I thought that was, it was authentic. Sharon, I don't know about the girlfriend. She was, she was just kind of crazy to me when she's watching him swimming. It's just like, she knows this guy is gay and she's just keeps trying. And then she said she didn't want to meet when he came back at the end, they, the beach, she's like, I don't want to meet him. She was like this weird crazy girlfriend that liked this gay guy well it's interesting (laughs) because on one hand i admire them portraying bisexuality and someone grappling with it because that that was rare at a time where the language was very binary and Mm -hmm. phil simply says i i fancy you and i fancy you i'm i've got the best of both worlds or something Mm -hmm. like that he says but on the other hand there's this stereotype in media that bisexuality means you want to date two people at once. That's not that's not what it means. But Phil seems to very much want to date both of them. Is the impression mm-hmm. I get. So yeah. Matthew's like, why don't you drop her? And 
Sharon's like, why don't you drop him? And he, he, he kind of wants to date them both. He's, he's got an Archie. Archie can't choose between Betty and Veronica is what it made me think. of. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I also thought it was very telling with the girlfriend, Sharon, where when she wants sex with Phil and she's pressing him and when Phil doesn't want to go there, she just completely jumps the gun and says, oh, you, then you, you're gay because you don't want to have sex with me. You must be gay. And I, I just thought, wow, I bet that does that. You know, that kind of happens with young young people. Right. Or that's how people get pressured into sex is, you know, oh, God, don't label me as that. I just don't want to have sex with you right now. <laughs> so I thought that was really telling. I was I'm glad that they they showed that in this production. Yes. I like yeah. the scene where Phil and Matthew decide to have sex. It's not something I see often mm-hmm. in queer media, and it's certainly not something I expected to see from a teen special in 1987. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Phil had that moment where he says to, where he says to uh, Matthew, he says, "What's next? What happens next?" And and I'm like, "Oh, wow, that's really." That's really ge- a genuine statement there, you know, because they already they came out. They said they, they recognize that they are attracted to each other. And it's not this Hollywood thing where now we're going to see some really high class, fantastic sex happen right before your eyes. I was like, thank you for being honest like that. <laughs> Two of us does something interesting and that it ends on an ambiguous note. So mm-hmm. Phil takes Sharon to the train station And the censored version ended there, indicating that Phil Mm. was done with his dalliance and he's back to heterosexuality. Whereas Mm. in the complete movie, he comes back to the beach after sending Sharon away and runs back to Matthew. And we don't really know where they're going to end up. Are they are they going to go back home or are they going to have to be homeless? What did you two make of the ending? Well, I, I mean, I, I like, I like the ending. I, I, I kind of felt like if Phil is truly like by, like between the two relationships, the most intimate was with when he was with Michael and the way that they touch each, it's very, it's a very tender kind of thing versus Sharon. Who's like, you know, give it to me, give it to me. Mm. You know, she's just, ah, I enjoyed the ending, and I knew about the the edit from the YouTube comments. Um, I don't always read them, but I was reading them. But they're all really there was a lot of wonderful comments on there. Young gay people who had watched this or secretly recorded it in the eighties and how it really helped them. And I enjoyed. I think because of the writing, I liked it. Like I just they made Sharon such a nasty person. I didn't have any redeemable qualities to me, so I was so glad when she was. And who doesn't love Matthew? The guy was awesome. He has a great swimmer. He's gentle. Mm-hmm. He's nice to that transient girl. I mean, not as nice as uh, Phil. Phil's like way super nice. But so it was nice. And I think once you go into that broke back tent thing, I mean, it's hard to go back, especially to Shannon. It's like you cross that bridge, dude. You're going to, you tasted that apple. You're going to want it. So them frolicking off into the ocean. I was like, I'm happy with that ending. Where are you at, Paul, with these two being a, a male in the community? You have these two movies. Where, um, which one sat with you? 
I enjoyed them both for different reasons. I thought, what if I'm gay comes across as campy. Now, I I had a lot of laughs watching it, particularly from Todd's constant cry face. I thought (laughs) Two of Us was much more interesting, but uh, I think it would have depressed the heck out of me if I saw it in 1987. I think, but I got to be homeless now. (laughs) My choices are Sharon and homelessness. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I felt really bad for Matthew because Phil, Phil's a little flaky. Phil's got some privilege that Matthew doesn't. And he, he can't give Phil the, the security that he needs right now. Mm-hmm. I really didn't like the way he kept flirting with women in front of Matthew to establish that he's bisexual. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-hmm. I find that woman attractive. And I find that woman attractive because I'm bisexual. And I'm like, we get it. We get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Boy, yeah, he really yeah, yeah. took an interesting approach to... I guess the realization that he was gay was like, I'm one out of 10. And he was just like, I'm going to own it. And then he's like, I might as well own being bi too. So I just don't know about sharing. (laughs) The evil girlfriend. Yeah. Well, on one hand, it's like she, she sees Matthew as stealing Phil from her, Mm -hmm. but that's not what we in the audience see. We see Matthew's very, He's he's a friend, and Phil's the one who who really reaches out to him. He reaches out to him in the locker room. I think Young Me would have liked that scene very much, but that was, um, that was, that was a steamy scene. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Very, that, yeah. Was, that was that was art scene, well shot. And what if I'm gay has a scene in a locker room too, but it's handled very differently because. Todd's in his little gym shorts and nothing else while he's while he's arguing with Kevin. And I think that's enough to set off Kevin's gay panic mm. when they're talking. And <laughs> gay panic, gay panic. Kevin's like, I don't I don't feel safe around you. You're too sexy. I mean, weird. You're too weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because with the with um what if I'm gay, I think I was the moments that I was laughing at was because of the, what we, what you're right, the campy element versus like two of us, there was definitely humor that was written throughout this. I, you need it because Paul, exactly what you said, these, these situations are much more dire. So now that we've talked about these both, I'll come to a question I asked you earlier. What media would you show to a young LGBT person today? Or just a young person who was questioning, asking about these issues? I love this question. I mean, I want to go with the utopia version of like Schitt's Creek. I would like to show that and be like, I, this is the world I hope. This is what we can do. Yeah. Any thoughts, Sherry? A young, maybe. Like a young adult. Okay, so I'm thinking of Noel Coward. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking about that off the bat like any of his plays, but I always, I just feel like anything that has a lot of humor and comedy is, is a great start. I feel and trying to talk about these issues. Yes. I talk about media I grew up with on this podcast, but actually to a young person, I'd recommend something more recent. There's a show on Netflix called heart stopper based on a graphic novel. And it's about two boys who fall in love with each other. It's a rare example of, I think, a healthy teen relationship, which you don't often get in these. 
And there's another film for women. Uh, there's a film on Hulu called Crush about a love triangle between three teen girls. It's okay. it's a little it's a little silly. It's a rom com, but it's it's also I think would be very good for a young person to watch. Oh, okay, okay. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you for joining me again for a third season of this i've i've really enjoyed getting to do this with you oh hey well this is such a pleasure paul as always nick great seeing you again likewise you're listening to rainbow colored glasses i'd like to give a special thanks to the bad gay movie podcast they're a favorite of mine and they gave us a shout out in their 149th episode you can find them and us at apple podcasts google podcasts and wherever else you listen to podcasts you can follow us on Twitter at Glasses Rainbow. The music you're listening to is Squares, licensed under Creative Commons. If you like us, visit Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We'll see you next time.